0: Hello and welcome to the uh, first ever uh, episode of The IT Factor. I'm Dan Krieger. Um I'll be your host uh, and uh, Sherpa uh, on this little journey. Um, joining me um, for this particular episode is uh, Rishi. Hey, Rishi.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Rishi. I'm joining uh, Dan's first episode, Excited uh, and looking As forward to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so a, a little bit of background, I'm a, a consultant. We, we both work for a company called Incentra. Um, I'm a consultant uh, within Incentra. Um, Rishi, you're a solutions architect? Yep, solution architect
1: focused on information management, SharePoint, Power Platform. That's me.
0: Yep, and I'm focused on all things cloud. Uh, Microsoft cloud, that is, I guess. Um, All-rounder. Hey? All-rounder. Wow, well, you know. Um so, what I want to do before we get into the the um, the crux of this particular episode um, is just give everyone watching uh, and thank you for joining. By the way, um, a a bit of a rundown on what to expect um, for the future of the IT factor. So, the basic premise of the uh, moving forward um, of this podcast is that we'll be covering off, um, I guess, four essential topics. Um, or four key topics uh, within the Microsoft Cloud space. So we'll be looking at um, uh, Microsoft 365. Uh, we'll be looking at enterprise mobility and security. So that'll be covering off things like identity and access management, uh, endpoint management, um, information management, and and then some security aspects. Um, we'll also be looking at um, Azure. So more broadly, um, what what sort of, uh, how you can leverage Azure within your business, um, and then, um, taking a deeper dive into cloud security and governance. Yeah. Um, so they're the four sort of core topics, um, that we'll be covering. And, uh, what we'll be doing is releasing a podcast every week. Um, and those four topics will sort of, uh, roster or cycle rotate through, uh, mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. So, um, you'll, you'll get, uh, an M three six five podcast every four weeks. You'll get an enterprise mobility uh, every four weeks, but with a release cadence of once per week. So that's that's the general um, expectation moving forward for the podcast. Um, what we thought we'd do though is we thought we'd kick it off um, with uh, a series that we're calling mastering migrations. So this will be for at least the next sort of uh, four weeks, um, more than likely longer than that. Um, but it's really um, before we jump into how to leverage the cloud, we thought we'd cover off how to get there, right? So that's the purpose of um, of this series of of podcasts, as I said, yeah. called uh, Mastery Migration. So better to get that overall picture. Yes, yep. So what I wanted to do um, for for this inaugural episode um is just cover off uh, Microsoft three six five, what it is. Um, uh, and people will have heard of Office 365 and Microsoft 365. So what are the differences between those two, um, which we'll get into in, in a minute. Um, but yeah, so mastering migrations um, is what we're going to uh, to be covering off. So um, without further ado, now that we've got that little bit of a errata out of the way, let's move yeah. into... The the crux of what we're going to be dealing with today, and that is, Office three six five slash Microsoft three six five, and what the differences are between the two. So, um, I guess from the from the top, what we should say is that uh, Microsoft three six five includes Office three six five, but some additional components, right? It's an extension of Office three six five, which has a lot of more capabilities, I would say. Yeah, I, I guess the, the main difference between the two is that Microsoft 365 includes Windows licensing. Um, yeah. So it's it's moving that Windows license uh, from a um, perpetual license to a subscription model, um, and then it also includes the enterprise mobility and security suite, right? Yeah. So and um, Intune and so forth. Yeah,
1: and it also includes a powerful uh, platform called Power Platform, which talks about all your uh, enterprise applications and some more productivity. We can go yep. deep dive into that in the subsequent
0: episodes. Yes, um, and and I, uh, you'll find in in tune for those of you who are unfamiliar is interchangeable uh, with endpoint management. So the, the two are essentially the same, right? Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, let's um, let's move into. I guess now that we understand the differences between office 365 and microsoft 365 um let's talk about what the the capabilities are of um and we'll interchange we'll will henceforth we'll refer to it as microsoft 365 for the for the simple fact that it includes the office 365 components as well yeah so um why don't you Walk me through, Rishi, some of the the capabilities of Microsoft 365, mm-hmm. the, the core um, productivity solution. Core productivity solution.
1: Sure. So the thanks for that. Uh, as Dan mentioned, uh, it's mainly a broader suite which includes Office 365. So the the first thing uh, you see that it's a collaboration platform. You can collaborate from anywhere, which includes your chat, call, collaboration, Teams chat. So that includes Microsoft Teams. As we all know, you know, uh, recently when we have moved to this hybrid environment, uh, Microsoft Teams is the buzzword uh, everywhere. So it lets you talk about, stay connected with your team and collaborate on the documents and all those features you get from a collaboration perspective. So that's main one, uh, Teams. Uh, Another one is it lets you create the content in real time. For example, with your teammates, family, classmates, because now this platform is widely used across universities and schools as well. So it lets you use all the fe- uh, applications such as Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. Uh, traditionally, if you remember, we used to work on a Word file and we used to hit control, save, control, save, but now it's in real time. You don't have to worry about that. You can collaborate with your team members at the same time, and literally you can see who's working on what area of the document. For example, sometimes we work together on a spreadsheet, right? So you can see, let's say Dan is working on let's say cell A3 and Rishi is working on let's say cell C5. So that way you uh, you know collaborate together. Uh, the next one is file sharing. It's really smooth file sharing experience because now most of the files are stored in your OneDrive, Teams, and SharePoint. So Let's say I'm working on a particular file and I want to share that file with my colleague. I can literally share that file in in a click of like a two or three clicks. Uh, make sure that you no, know, uh, I can set some settings like who I want to share that access to. Is it only that person or with the team? So real-time file sharing, which is really easy. Uh, then next one is it lets you engage your organize, uh, use your user and your to your organization by using a cool feature called SharePoint. Uh, SharePoint is all about sharing the data, news, knowledge, resources, because as you, we all are in the social, we live in the social world, right? So we need to have that same. I'm not saying that you have to have a Facebook or LinkedIn experience in the organization, but that social aspect in internally in the organization as well. And it's what. These days, organizations are trying. They're trying to put the information to the users rather than users just sitting and looking for information. So SharePoint is a really powerful platform for you to run your intranet. You can share all your company news, uh, all your videos like a company videos, uh, all the knowledge management. The entire knowledge stays uh, in the SharePoint, and that can be shared across uh, different teams. yeah, it's,
0: it's it's sort of really about proactively putting data in front of users, right rather yeah. than making them go and fetch it to so, a lot of extent exactly.
1: And even yeah. it it lets you search a lot of files and information and know with Microsoft search. I'm sure we're going to cover that topic. Uh, and then the next one is stay connected uh, because with this uh, stay connected feature, you, you is your Microsoft Outlook your emails can be as smooth as it could be, because now you can you can go through your emails from your phone, from your iPad, from your web browser. I think then you should add something on an email because I know that's your area of
0: expertise, right? Yeah, look at, um, at one of, I guess. Um, uh, but yes, so, I, I mean, th- this one's one of the, in terms of Microsoft 365, this is one of the low-hanging fruit. Right. Yeah. Um, e- email is one of the easier workloads um, that you can migrate to to the cloud. Um, everyone uses it. We really sort of don't need to delve too deeply into in, into that aspect of it. But um, it's worth pointing out. You mentioned that um, you know uh, the social media aspect, right? And Microsoft, I guess, within the confines of Microsoft 365, have their own uh, social media platform in Yammer.
1: Yeah. As
0: well, which is included in in Microsoft 365. So that's another product, I guess, that that they're bundling in.
1: Yeah. You can create some office groups and all that stuff once we are going back to the full time work, right? Some photography club and all that stuff.
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, So just moving on to the next one, I think. we can organize a rich content and task using all your day-to-day tasks using planner it's really a powerful tool because remember used back in the old days we used to use tasks in your outlook and in a different tools now it's it is a seamless experience to have planner in place because you can create a task share that with your uh, teammate you can attach a document it's you can start a conversation in Teams, so it's mm-hmm. all different aspects are connected, and you can get an alert like you know what are my tasks, what are my deadlines, all that stuff. So it's pretty powerful. Yeah, look
0: at Plan. Plan is one of the the more powerful tools I think um, from a, a collaboration perspective, and uh, being able to uh, you know create Kanban boards and so forth on the fly. It's um, it's uh, underutilized in my opinion. But
1: yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean, the reason it's underutilized because the next one is like, you know, we can stay on track with your projects efficiently with a project because it's now sits in the dynamics as well because dynamics when you, when you have your big CRM and ERP, all your Microsoft projects sits in there so you can track all your projects. But to going back to a previous point, even if you're tracking everything into your project, you can still use some, uh, use planner for small tasks as well. So yeah, it's, but we still have that bigger uh, uh, project uh, facility, and yeah, uh, yeah the, the projects
0: yep, yeah, capability certainly there. And I guess one of one of the things that um, I'm hoping that people are picking up is that a lot of the the traditional desktop applications that we bundled in Microsoft Office, yep. are available as web versions um, within uh, Microsoft three six five. So, you mentioned earlier, you know, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, Outlook, uh, Project is there, Visio yeah. is there. Um, so they, uh, yeah. And it one would argue that the desktop version is is invariably more powerful than what you're going to yeah. get on the web. Um, but that gap is shrinking, right? The, yeah, exactly. The the functionality within the web space um, is narrowing the gap to to the desktop, and to the point where um, Microsoft's VNext for Outlook, which yeah. I don't believe is public yet, um, it was leaked, interestingly. But um, ah. is is basically the web version.
1: Yeah, no, I agree so, with that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And you can see all those timelines and everything. All desk, all those capabilities are there in the web version, even for the projects. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there is not next thing is like. You, what you can do uh, from a scheduling perspective is like it really saves your time because I know it's hard to set the meetings with the different people. And if you want to share some time slots, because people keep asking me, Rishi, what's your availability for next week? I want to book a meeting or I want to book a series of workshops. So that's where bookings come in picture. You can just op- create some slots and share with the uh, whoever who wants to and then yep. they can just choose the slot and then the everything is booked automatically
0: so that's really cool there right? yeah look, booking is one of those tools that um doesn't doesn't get a lot of love um but i think it's it's very um industry specific um or at least sort of job specific yeah it, it's great for things like um you know real estate agents needing to book in for Inspections, you know, on all, inspections on and these types of things, yeah. or for businesses that want to leverage customer Audit- bookings.
1: Yeah, auditors, yeah. like if they want to do the audits for a specific organizations yep. and specific departments, they can use that as well. Exactly, yep. Uh, oh, and the next one on the list is like to-do list, or it's called to-do. So what we spoke about your bookings, your email and planners, Let's say if you want to combine everything because people say that, oh, you've talked about these four things. Can I see everything in one go? Here we go. We can see everything in one go with your Uh, to-do. It comes up with app as well. I mean, I have a to-do install on my phone where I can just create some buckets for each project. Uh, I can... When I get an email from my boss, I can say, okay, I want to do that by Wednesday, for example. I can just create right-click and task and add to my to-do list. And it in the morning, it sends me a nice message that you have a big list today, so you get top of everything.
0: So, yep. yeah, it's really useful. So, uh, I mean, that sounds all in good. Um, and for anyone, for anyone who's mildly intelligent, they're going to see this coming a mile away. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. all of that's great. But what about security, Rishi? Oh, that's a good point. So yes, Microsoft 365
1: platform is secure. I mean, there are lots of security factors from a device perspective, access perspective, and I know we're going to have a separate uh, episode on that. Yep. Uh, but uh, I start with the data security and maybe then you want to cover some of the device-related security. So because we have talked about data and sharing and files. So at high level, I think there are three major components from a security, right? So one is Microsoft data loss prevention mm-hmm. because nowadays organizations are using M365 Cloud and all organizations would have finance department, legal departments, all the sensitive documents which can, you know, it contains a personal information or some of the contractual information, which is not, which is critical to the business, right? Yep. So with Microsoft uh, data loss prevention, you can restrict uh, based on the sensitivity of that document like for example if you have any credit card specific information or a personal information you can restrict that uh document or that uh, that data to a certain department and make sure that it doesn't go out or not share externally or if someone really wants to share that externally you can put some governance on it like okay it it gets alert i mean it can yep. alert the admin and all so that's one aspect Secondly, you can uh, do a data classification based on that sensitivity, which is called Microsoft Information Protection. This is just to protect your information. For example, if you open a Word document and if you're working on a confidential information which we know you don't want to share within any another team or definitely it can't go out. So you can just label that document as confidential. You can create a sensitivity labels, uh, for example, public, internal, or private or confidential. Based on that, you can select that data and apply some rules. Yep. Uh, and Then another one is data retention because of course, most of the governments would use this feature very heavily, and even all the organization who wants to retain the data records, for example, some of the auditory requirements are to you know, retain the data for seven years. So let's say we are putting everything on Teams, SharePoint, at the Cloud. Uh, you want to make sure that some of the data which needs to be stored for a longer term, no one should be able to delete that. So with this retention label, you can set some rules to apply that, those labels based on the type of the document, based on the department which that using that data, and once you apply that label, you can set like how long you want to purchase that data for. And yep. once it is out of that term, you can then apply some rules to it. So these are some security from a data perspective. There are lots of securities you can make sure from a device perspective. How about that, Dan? Can you explain those?
0: Well, I mean, so uh, it, it's an interesting question because there's, and and again, we will get into this as the the series progresses around mastering migrations. There's there's multiple tool sets from a security perspective within mm-hmm. the Microsoft Cloud sphere, right? Within that ecosystem, yeah. Um, and some of them will sit within Microsoft 365 and within that ecosystem. Some of them will sit within Azure um, okay. and Azure Active Directory, right? So there are features and capabilities that um, that only exist in Azure Active Directory. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, from a, a device perspective, when we're talking about Microsoft 365 and we're talking about endpoint management, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, from a securing your perimeter perspective and securing mm-hmm. your data, um, things like conditional access and and these sorts of things, um, you know, we've, there's other areas around um, device protection. Um, but I think more broadly what what we'll get into as as the series progresses is and what what you'll find, um, you the mm-hmm. dear listener, is that security underpins every aspect of, of what it is um, that we do um, in in the cloud. So when you're looking at at migrating a workload from on-prem into Microsoft 365, Mm-hmm. Um one of the first considerations and, and something that is um needs to be constantly readdressed and re-looked at mm-hmm. is the security aspect. Right. Okay. So yeah. um that's that's cool. Yeah, so certainly that, that'll be that'll be things that we'll cover um as we progress through. Definitely. So in
1: short, maybe if I'm a business user, uh for example, if I have a file share, and because we are talking about migrations, right? So yep. I should be confident that if we are migrating from on-premises, which is my secure server kept in my office, and if I'm taking that data into cloud, it has all those security aspects that have maybe more controls other than what I have now, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good and to that's know. yeah. Um, I think something else we need to touch on in this particular episode is we we're talking very high level about um, what those workloads within Microsoft 365 are. Um, what we haven't done, and, and it's I'm sure, again, blatantly obvious to most listeners, is equate like for like, right? Yeah. So yes, you're migrating to the cloud, but what is it that you're going to be migrating? You know, So sure. for mail, um, Microsoft Exchange, or um, insert almost any platform here. So mm-hmm. um, you could be running POP mailboxes internally, right? You can migrate yeah. those to Microsoft 365. You could be running uh, Gmail. Um, you can migrate that to Microsoft 365. You could be on an old Lotus Notes. That one's a little trickier, but you yeah. can migrate that to Microsoft 365, right? Depending on how entrenched oh. that is. Um, so uh, maybe if we just take a, a, a quick minute now to, to sure. run through, um, you know, we've, we've taken the time to look at, at Teams okay. and SharePoint and so forth. Let's look at at what it is on prem that you're going to be migrating into the cloud. Um, sure. So, uh, you know, I've just run through uh, migrating mail into Microsoft 365. Yeah, um, that that then gives you um, Exchange Online. Sure. Right, which is the product within the the Microsoft 360. 365 um, umbrella. Yeah. Um, so, so next would be SharePoint Online. Yes. Yeah, so we've we've. We've spoken about SharePoint um, and this is more than a like for like, right?
1: Exactly. So it could be SharePoint on-premises 2013, 2016, and 2019. And when we talk about that like for like scenario from a user experience perspective, uh, you will find that 2019 resembles SharePoint Online. But if you're talking, if you still have any legacy such as, SharePoint 2013 or 16, there are better ways to transform that into SharePoint Online to give the modern experience to the user. So that goes in there. Uh, From a file share perspective, when we talk about Teams and OneDrive, because I'm sure a lot of the organizations would have the file share, like a legacy file share sitting there with the, let's say, Edge drive or K drive and some of the home drives. So for that like for like, I think uh, it's either Teams, it is either SharePoint or it's OneDrive. For your home drive, which is a personal drive, it's, it's exactly from your home drive to OneDrive. It's like yep. for like. But for when it comes to Teams and SharePoint, there is an element of uh, we need to understand what data is. And I'm sure, Dan, we're going to do know your data series in this series, right? We, we, yeah, um, we will. We yes. can touch, yep. touch base on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, the
0: essential destination is either Teams, SharePoint versus OneDrive for that file share. Yeah. So, and we'll definitely have a, a an episode on data, and and as you said, know your data, right? So yeah. uh, And it, you know, it's a pre a pre-migration task really is yeah. to get an understanding of what the data you have within uh, your environment, and what yeah, needs exactly. to be migrated. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned Teams. Um, so uh, Teams um, oh, for yeah, a lot so of, sl- for a lot of people, like uh, Teams, is just a A communication platform. Communication platform, sure. So the the like for like there would be the old Skype for Business. Sure. Right. Migrating into the cloud, it would become essentially Teams. Right. Yeah. And and the capability, sorry, go on. Yep.
1: Also Slack, because most of the organizations start with Slack. But once they come to know the capability of Teams and that end to end same experience, uh, of course, there are
0: ways you can migrate data from uh, your Slack to Teams. So, and and also from an enterprise perspective um you've got that enterprise voice in there yeah. as well there's, there's an additional sure. capability within teams um, that's being sort of you know um, from a legacy perspective that sat within the skype for business um, which mm-hmm. is a as a product is sort of being deprecated um yeah. so uh, teams is is more than just a communications platform right as you said it's it's slack um it's what Teams allows you to do is, again, much much like Slack, is to pull in um, other applications that you're, yeah. you know, other SaaS-based applications that you're leveraging, and and have that within that one yeah. interface. all right? those so,
1: Kanban boards and all those Power BI reports and dashboard, yep. everything can be pinned into that and have that yeah. one experience.
0: And certainly, I think Microsoft's expect Microsoft's vision, yeah, is that Teams becomes that single point, the single pane of glass for all productivity um, uh, users, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, you touched on OneDrive and, and the fact that OneDrive yeah. OneDrive essentially replaces uh, end-user H drives, right? Um, or, well, I say H they their home drive, their personal uh, on-premises storage. Storage, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it also syncs your My Documents and known folders,
1: like My Documents and pictures. You can sync that and have that, you know, cloud experience. So essentially, all your documents, which are stored as a My Documents, it yep. can be synced to OneDrive,
0: and then you can access that anywhere from your phone or any web browser. And and that's that's the sort of default out of the box experience, yes. right? It's not um you don't have to have adm templates or yeah um, exactly know, group policy or anything like this it's just that's the basic be- behavior out of yep. the box yep cool um just looking through the lists um in terms of workloads i mean the, the vast majority of the rest of workloads are are the sort of um uh the the worker uh applications word excel so on and yeah. so forth, um, which you still get. You still get the traditional desktop versions of those applications to install as part mm-hmm. of your licensing around both mm-hmm. Office three six five and Microsoft three six five. So it's worth pointing that out as well. You you get yeah. access to the the web versions, but also the desktop. Um, let's. You can. Sorry, go.
1: On. Yeah, you can talk about uh, another powerful uh, feature
0: which we just mentioned: Microsoft Power Platform. Quickly, yeah, I was about to move into that one now. So, um, okay, so, uh, I don't know Power Platform, so, I can jump on that. So, well, I, I, I say that as in treat treat me as if I don't know about Power Platform, oh, let me put it that yes. way, uh, and walk me through. Uh, so it's it, what it's it obviously means. a platform, but what is it?
1: Yeah, so Microsoft Power Platform is a combination of uh, apps. Or the development platform, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk about you know a traditional development, where you start writing code, if I want to build any app, I you know go to C sharp or anything, and then I have to cut code. You don't have to do that anymore. So it's built for the citizen developers or the power users. But when I say that, of course, there is a whole development community who can use that, and they're making really cool apps so there are four main components of power apps it's mainly enhances your enterprise uh, productivity and application suites so one is uh, power apps which is a form so let's say if you have a small process where you are input uh, you are trying to input the data so rather than having any pdf form for your leave approval or maybe uh, if you are doing any inspection for any uh, any sort of a site inspection so you yep. can develop Convert that form into an app, so mm-hmm. user can go online and fill that form in in terms of app, uh, and that app can sit on your mobile or your company provided iPads, so that the field workers can go and input that data. Uh, and the next one is so just before you move
0: on to the jump on to the next one, I got I've actually got a a really good real world example of of sure. leveraging Power Apps. So, um, uh, at the height of COVID um uh, i'm i'm in melbourne in victoria the state of victoria um heading down to to get my jab um, and i noticed that all of the data that they're collecting the information um that they're collecting from you as you go through but also you know when you're giving them your uh, relevant details and they're pulling that up out of the database and so on all of that was built in power Yes, so all of all of that the, the data that they're accessing via API calls to backend databases that are hosted by, you know, Department of um, well your relevant health department and, and so forth. Same um, for New South Wales. Yeah, so it it's um, yeah it's yeah. not just for you know simple uh, data gathering. It can also be for much more complex um, exactly. data yeah. applications.
1: Yeah, and you know why? Why then? Because they really had the whenever when government had to build this, they really had a short time frame. So that's yep. exactly Power Platform is. Yep. You can build a real-time application in a shorter time span, right. making sure that it you know it has all the security and all aspects, because you're yeah, dealing with a, the personal
0: yep. data, right? Yep. I was about to say, and it's leveraging the, the, the security and compliance capabilities built into exactly. Microsoft 365. Yep.
1: Yeah. So that's we covered about Power Apps. Uh, the next uh, one is Power Automate, because now we have in, got that data, right? we need to process that data with some processes, for example, approvals or some automation. Because if imagine we got that data and then we are manually processing that. It doesn't make sense, right? So you can put some automation capabilities using uh, Power Automate. It's sort of a workflow engine, but at the same time, it does a lot of automation. For example, reading those uh, documents, converting them into PDF, or setting alerts to a specific users, uh, all those sort of automations you can do using Power Automate. Yep. Uh, and now, for example, now we have data, we have processed it. How to represent that data? Because you need to have some cool methods of re- representing that data either to users or to the executives. That's where the Power BI comes in picture, right? So you can have all that data from anywhere. Let's say from your Excel spreadsheet, any of your SQL database, or any of the different third-party database. You can get SharePoint that data. Lists.
0: I mean, SharePoint yeah. Lists. yeah. yeah that's a pulling good point. In, Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then they represent that data in terms of different dashboards, uh, and that's where you use Power BI. All your can charts, all your pie charts. This all out of the. I mean, all out of the box features are there. And if you are a data evangelist, you will love playing with Power BI. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Definitely. Thanks. Uh, And then the next one is Power Virtual Agents. It's mainly for creating chatbots because nowadays, you know, uh, people wants to talk to their customer 24 by seven, even out of office hours, right? So, and give them some relevant information. So rather than having someone sitting and receiving calls and responding to the customers, you can use the chatbots even internally with your users, for example, if I want to talk to the team and get some information, I can talk to the virtual agent, which is uh, your bot, and that yep. bot can give you relevant information. So that capability is there by uh, you know Power Virtual Agents, and it can learn automatically based on the data and process that data and give you the right information. Yep. And then the last one recently launched was Power Pages. Uh, because we touched based on sharepoint which is mainly internally focused right it's a portal but when you want to create any portal or create any pages uh, maybe a website as well but mainly the portals for external facing organizations such as your vendors or your contractors you can create an extranets or you can create an uh, external facing portals uh, which can talk with the different organizations and the relevant parties. That's where you can use Power Pages. It it has different templates which you can use based on the nature of your business, right. uh, and then uh, use that template and spin up a website pretty quickly.
0: Very so cool. Yeah, that's a
1: big big
0: platform. I think we should it, it uh, is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly, I think the um, the the Power Platform stuff. Um, we probably won't touch on too often um with the exception maybe of power bi because again it's power bi provides that ability to to visualize your corporate data right yeah. um so we we may uh, we may go and talk about it the... on, on occasion mm-hmm. but um I think by and large the, the the majority of the power platform is really a sort of developer platform right um and th- there's I guess there are use cases where you've got um, internal applications that you're looking to to port to uh, a SaaS um, type offering, um, but that's not really what we're going to be focusing on with this yeah. mastering migrations, right? Yeah. We're we're looking at corporate workloads that that you can um, well lift and shift to some extent, but. Um, extend the capabilities also um, Exactly by move, moving it into the cloud.
1: Yeah. And from a migration perspective, Dan, maybe some of when we think of migration, right? So some of the files, people may have created some macros or some third-party application to run the workflows. That's yep. where we might touch lightly on how to... Migrate that workload into M365 and use the out-of-the-box capabilities, which may be part of their current license, the organization license, right? And then yes, we can yep. use leverage those using Power Automate, maybe or maybe Power Apps to a certain yep. extent.
0: Yeah, and and those workflows, I guess, are really you're referring to the the sort of more SharePoint backend Related automation and and workflows yep. or
1: forms. For example, the input right. forms yep. or the PDF form, So, if you're talking about digitization, some of the yep. PDF forms can be easily converted into uh, this suite. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I think we've come to a natural conclusion, my friend. Yeah. I think uh I, th- I think we've we've covered off, um, and we certainly what we haven't done we haven't necessarily touched on every single application that is available as part of Office 365. Um, what I would actually do is encourage people who want to learn about Office 365 um, but maybe don't have access to it um, or only have limited access based on the organization that they're with but they want to learn more, go and sign up for a developer account. Right? Yeah, that's really easy. Yep. Um, I think it's 90 days. You get 90 days to essentially, you know, try it out. Get that um, everything. Yep. And and you literally get everything. Um, yeah, and, and and get your hands dirty. That's the the best way for me, anyway. Um, exactly. Is is and, just dive in.
1: Yeah, I will just add one point to the our listeners. So when you uh, do that, developer, it asks you that do you want to install the default templates for SharePoint and Power Platform. So you get to install the default one, and you don't have to build everything from scratch. It yep. also lets you install the user pack because then it. It creates the whole dummy organization for you, so that you can see how to chat between the teams, uh, how to create the teams.
0: So it, it's a it's a useful tool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, uh, yeah, as I said, I think we've come to a natural conclusion. A conclusion. Um, we will, I will do my best to follow this up um, with. Um, we'll, we'll try and get a blog post out. Just really high level what we've discussed today. Um, I'll include a link to, uh, yeah, links. to to signing up for the um, developer license um, for uh, Office 365 or Microsoft 365. Yeah. Um, some of yeah. the data
1: packs which I just mentioned, we can provide
0: some yep. links. Yep. yep. So um, we will provide that. I wish I could tell you where. Um, maybe head on over to the Incentra website um, and uh, we'll try and... Find a home for our stuff so that we can easily point it out to you in any future episodes, um, yeah. where we might be providing data yeah. to um, to our listeners. And but um, yeah,
1: and it's worth visiting in Central Side anyways, because you will find lots and lots of blogs created by our cool consultant on each of these topics. You can yeah. definitely deep dive on that.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, for now, though, I think I think we're we're done. Rishi, thanks mate. Um, I've appreciate appreciate you Lovely joining today. Um it's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to bringing you the next episode next week. Thanks. Bye, everyone.